45-Hour Post-Education for Florida Real Estate Sales Associates by Edward J. O'Donnell. Follow the legislative mandate to increase professionalism of licensees. If you think that a textbook will help you, you have two choices, a physical textbook or an ebook. Just click on the link below to purchase. At the beginning of each section is an introductory paragraph designed to set the tone for the units. In that section, a second paragraph given the reason for focus of the subject area described. The sections comprise 14 units. Each unit in the manual is divided into the following parts. Unit material, key term practices, and answers to the discussion exercises. Each unit overview offers a summary of the subject area covered. Each unit in the textbook lists learning objectives. Key term list is a teaching vehicle at the beginning of the unit rather than alert you at the beginning of the unit. Only the important terms used in each unit are listed. Many key terms from FREC Course 1 for Sales Associate are used in the unit but are not identified as such in the textbook. This post-licensing course is a follow-up course building on your knowledge learned and experience gained rather than repeating Course 1 material. Each unit in this manual contains a fill-in-the-blank quiz using some key terms shown in the unit. Near the end of each unit in the textbook is a short synopsis of the major points. Practice exam multiple-choice questions follow each unit and are similar to those found in the practice final exam and on the end of course exam. The answers to the quizzes <clears throat> are at the end of each unit in this manual and in the answer key in the back of the manual. If you think that a textbook would help you, you again have two choices. You can purchase a physical textbook or you can purchase the ebook. Just click on your choice to purchase. A glossary of key terms is included to help students increase their real estate vocabulary. Section one, laying the foundation for a successful career. Unit one talks about legal issues and risk management. Unit two, fair housing and the American with Disabilities Act. Unit three, business planning and time management. Section two, obtaining listings that sell. Unit four, up prospecting for listings. Unit five, pricing the property to sell. Unit six, making the listing presentation. Unit seven, listing contracts. Section three, selling real property. Unit eight, working with buyers. Unit nine, sales and option contracts. Unit 10, writing and presenting the offer. Section four, financing and closing real estate transactions. Unit 11, exploring mortgage alternatives. Unit 12, acquiring financing for property. And unit 13, closing the transaction. Section five, analyzing and managing investment properties. Unit 14, analyzing and managing investment properties and your practice exam answer and rationale. Final word, many students have a negative view of the post-licensing only because the attendance is mandatory. This is an excellent opportunity for you to gain from the educational experience. I will do all I can to help you become more comfortable and competent in your real estate activities. I want you to know the rewards you'll receive in the business from studying each area being presented and discussed. I will throughout the course be making and keeping the learning alive. Examples from my professional experiences to make teaching points. If you think that a textbook will help you, you have two choices, a physical book, or again, you can purchase the ebook. That's your choice to purchase. Your guide, Vinny DeRosa, Florida real estate licensed instructor since 1980. Part of Florida Real Estate University.
45-hour post-licensing education for real estate sales associates by Edward J. O'Donnell, a part of the Dearborn Real Estate Education System. Unit number eight, working with buyers. A little bit of product knowledge. To learn the market, a sales associate should spend the first few weeks looking at property. Yeah, see 30 new properties each week. Keep a record of the best listings out there. Practice matching neighborhoods with price ranges and prepare a five-star home list. Sources of buyers. Well, you get some calls from your advertising. Calls definitely from signs. Past customers, if you've had any. Family and friends. Open house visitors. Canvassing buyer seminars and buyer farming. Now, let's talk a little bit about product knowledge. You're just getting started and you really don't know a lot about an area. Well, I suggest that if you're going to learn anything about any particular area, you start in your own area. You canvas your neighborhoods that you live in or nearby. Uh, that is an area that you are familiar with. And you're not traveling or, or spending time in areas that you don't know anything about. So I would look for some ads to see what's for sale in my area. Signs that you drive by every day. Pull them up on the MLS. Did you have any previous customers anywhere in the last few months? Uh, family and friends, uh, from experience, not a good idea. <laughs> There's a lot of reasons for that one. Uh, and you can probably... Uh, understand what they are because you may have had that occur in previous professions. Open houses, a uh, good source uh, for potential buyers. Uh, sellers sometimes, you know, have people come through and look at their homes and, you know, they're looking for houses, but not there specifically. Again, canvassing buyer seminars. Uh, if you're going to do that, you got to make it worthwhile. Uh, the marketing and advertising of that uh, could take you some time and money. And a buyer farm. What the hell is a buyer farm? I haven't heard that term before. Advertising rules. If a name is in an ad, the last name of the licensee must be included at least once. So if you do any advertising, your first and last name has to be in there at least once. If a brokerage name is not in the ad, it's an illegal blind ad. So make sure that you have your company's name in the ad. Website advertising must have the first firm's name adjacent to the point of contact information, which is your phone, your email, and your address. You can't put advertising out there that makes it look like you're the broker of that company. If you're just an agent, specifically say, you know, that you're an agent, but make sure you comply with these, broke, uh, these advertising rules. Using the internet to get buyers. The Internet Data Exchange, which is the IDX, which is part of the MLS, puts the MLS onto your website. It allows control over which things are displayed and most important, buyers magnet to your website. Yeah, I mean, it's a way to attract buyers to look at what's available for sale. They can get some preliminary information and then maybe you can do a little lead capture. Many applicants are available, applications are available, such as mortgage calculators, closing cost estimates, market trends, school locations, yeah, there's a slew of information. Let me tell you, there's a lot of that information out there, and a lot of it's irrelevant, personally, from my experience. The most important element that you have to sell is you. If they don't like you, 
I don't care what kind of information you've got on your website. They're not going to like you. So at least put some personal history on there and don't embellish. You know, if you if you were something in the past of, of notoriety or you had a profession that you feel like you'd like to share with someone that they may have in common. But to put all these uh, awards and certificates and the alphabet soup after your name, personally, from my opinion, that's just BS. Consumers don't even know what they are. That's what we call jargon. That's inside ball game history. Avoid it. You know, be specific, be very, very direct, and, and don't do any puffering. So how do you qualify the buyer? Here's your housing objectives. What features do you want and need? You know, is there a, a, a uh, in-law possibly trailing along? So you may want a separate suite for that in-law or, or an elder parent that may be staying with you. So talk about the wants and needs. Is there a specific area that they want to live in because of maybe job or education or they'd like to be close to the beach or whatever those factors are? You know, you help them out with those specific information and try to give them commute times and the obstacles to getting there. How quickly must you move? You know, uh, if you're trying to do a 30-day move, it can be done, but be realistic with them, you know. Uh, if, if, you're, if you're trying to close in 15 days and, you know, sellers got to get out, uh, be realistic. Do they have to sell their home first? Uh, that, that could be a sticky one. Uh, personally, from experience in all these years, I have only had one or two occasions where the buyer had to sell their home previously, and it was a little bit of a nightmare. I don't personally like it. If they're on a lease, when does it expire? I don't worry about leases. I can usually get them out of a lease if, if they're in it. But, you know, find out. You know, do you still have a month or two, three months, four months? Then you can budget time accordingly. Have they been pre-approved? And yeah, that's the most important criteria is pre-approval, not pre-qualified. But can you close today on the terms and conditions that you want to write into a contract? How do you qualify them financially? Well, determine how much the buyer can borrow. Pre-approval, buyer's credit report has been revealed and income has been verified. And then you got all the expense ratios, FHA, 31 housing, 43 obligations, conventional 28 housing, 36 obligations. Total obligation ratio is also very useful and very important in, in this problem solving. And again, this is where you sit down with the buyer in a in a one-on-one -on -one meeting and you counsel with them and you talk with them and say, look, we're going to get into the nitty-gritty and we need to really have a good understanding of the dollars and cents that you have available to work with and what you feel comfortable with. And then I would suggest that you talk to a lender and someone says, you got to give them three. Uh, that's bullshit. I'm sorry. But you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some, at the end of this particular series of this chapter, some truths about working with buyers. So those ratios. Showing the property. Set an appointment. Yeah, that's a good thing. Preview it. I never preview properties, and I'll tell you why later. Planning a route. Um, yes and no. Um, it's important if, if they have certain wants and needs. You know, they want to know where the schools are, how far to work. That's a good idea. It says, enter and show the properties. Uh, no, I don't ever go in first. I let them go in first just in case there's a dog. No, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. Uh, evaluating the buyer's level of interest. Interest in what? In the property? Uh, if if the back of the hair stands up, there's no interest. If they start Google Gaga about it, then I'm going to ask more questions about it. You know, why are you really interested in it? Estimating their 
costs and make required disclosures. Yeah, you got to do that. You got to know, hey, look, if you're going to be X in dollars, here are your estimated closing costs per the lender's estimates. You know, you're going to have to have those funds available, you know, and make sure that you give all the required disclosures. If it's a condo, the disclosures for condos. Uh, if it's if it's an if it's an an HOA, you know all the HOA disclosures. Again, this goes back to the agent who listed the property. Should have all this information in the MLS so that you don't have to go chase it down. Write the offer. Yeah, it's a good idea. I think setting an appointment is very important. By having an appointment as an associate, you're more likely to find the home to show. The appointment makes the buyer less likely to call another broker. And we're going to talk about some of these fallacies about all this stuff in here. And I'm going to go back through these slides again and give you a real world. This is test world we're talking about. Preview properties. Oh, I don't preview, but you go visit the home, uh, take some photos, you know, but they can get a lot of that stuff on the internet. And previewing helps avoid embarrassments. What embarrassments? What's there to be embarrassed about? And again, we're going to talk about it. Again, I'm giving you my perspectives now just for the course and for the test. So I'm not going to go off track on that yet. I'm going to go back through each of these slides. Plan your route. You normally show a maximum of five houses. Where do they get this number five? Okay. Don't show at random. What the hell does that mean? Don't show at random. Probably the best house should be shown early in the tour. How do I know what's the best house if we're just going out on a tour? Appointments to showing should be in a time range. Yeah, and again, that's for everyone's courtesy. I mean, if I tell you I'm going to be there between 2 and 2.30, I'm going to be there between 2 and 2.30. But if I tell you I'm going to be there 1 and 5, that's not really fair to you or me. Ask the seller to vacate. I don't ask the sellers to do anything. If they want to be there, that's fine. And the route to the home is important. So we're going to talk about that later too. Show the property. Curb appeal may influence you when you park. Yeah, if it's a POS when you pull up, it's a POS when you're going to walk in. So, curb appeal. Remember the sales presentation. Fact, bridge, benefit, picture. Uh, the buyer should enter through the front door. Okay, maybe not. So, anyway, those are some of the showing problems. Objectives. Many objectives can be turned into immediate selling points. Okay, be certain you understand the objections. Restate it. Okay, don't answer an objection until you have isolated it. Okay. If you can't answer an objection, agree and go to the next property. Okay. Again, this is test world, not real world. The end. I'm going to go back through this, and I'm going to preface each of these statements that were made here in Unit 8 on working with buyers. I've been a broker since 1980. I've been an exclusive buyer's agent since 1983. I have not had a listing personally in any of my companies since 1983. And I pride the fact that I only work with buyers exclusively. And this is going to be another seminar I'm going to be putting on at another time on buyer agency, the real buyer agents, not the fake buyer agents that are out there today. And I'm going to use a word that distinguishes me from everybody else. I am a true fiduciary. Go look it up if you don't know what the term means, fiduciary. So product knowledge. Yeah, I mean, everyone should have product knowledge. My product knowledge is the entire state of Florida. Yeah, I work the entire state of Florida. Florida is my territory. My license is good in all 67 counties. Do I know everything about all 67 counties? No. The Internet's made it a lot easier. So don't be limited 
in your focus and scope. Uh, keep a record of the best listings. I don't know what the best listings mean. That's, that's just a, 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 a crazy-ass term. Uh, practice matching neighborhoods with price ranges. Yeah, I can go into a neighborhood and kind of ballpark it based on the style and the size of the home. Prepare a five-star home list. I don't know what the hell that means. All right, so sources for buyers. <clears throat> you can advertise and hope they respond. Yeah, that may be useless. Uh, call from your signs. That's usually one of the best sources. They're going to see your sign and call you, hopefully. Uh, past customers, friends, open houses. Here's a little trick that I'm going to give you for free. Why don't you hold open houses on for sale by owners? I'm not going to give you a whole lot in this session. We're going to do a whole session on buyer agency and for sale by owners. Buyer seminars. Uh, they can be costly, but again, you could target with that. And farming buyers, I don't know what that means, to be honest with you. And again, advertising rules are very specific. You know, no blind ads. Include your name. Make sure your broker's name in on there. And you know, what your field of expertise are. The internet is the best source out there. You've got all kinds of tools that you can make use of for consumers to get to. Don't make it look like every cookie cutter realtor website because people aren't going to distinguish the difference between you and them. Qualifying the buyer's housing objectives. That's the most critical component. You know, what do they need? What do they want? What areas how fast do they have to sell? Are they leasing? Are they pre-approved? And that is basically the pre-counseling to even getting in a car and showing property. If you can't get those answers on the first session, why are you getting in your car and showing houses? I don't understand that. But again, this is not part of the test. This is just real world objectives. Qualifying the buyer? Yeah, you got to determine how much they can afford. Pre-approval, yeah, credit, all this stuff has to be done so that we can determine if it's going to be FHA, VA, conventional, then do they need a construction perm, uh, do they need a bridge loan, uh, are they doing a, now the, the popular one is doing reverse mortgage purchases, where the person can do a reverse mortgage on a house that they're buying. So having all of that done prior to even looking at property, I don't get out of my chair unless I know you can close, period. Showing properties, set appointments, that's a good thing. I always do that. I don't ever preview a property in advance. Never, ever, ever. I want to pull up on it and see it the way you see it. I want to see the POSs across the street, behind it, around it. Uh, I don't plan a route. I drive the most typical way you would get there. I don't kind of... Go around the corner, around the block to get to a house that's on a, you know, a nice street to bypass the bad stuff. They're going to find out. Uh, sometimes I will enter the property first before I show it because if I hear critters on the other side of the door, there have been times when I opened the door and a little critter got out. So I may go in first. Uh, evaluate the buyer's level of interest. When we all pull up and I hear smirks or comments or something about the property and it's just like uh i go all right let's keep going and we just move on uh, estimating their cost and required disclosures yeah that's important and, and writing an offer you know making sure that you know when they say yep we're ready to go do it uh 
I again, I like to have appointments made to show properties in advance, and I set set up a tour and I set it up to time, and you know, this thing is. They say here that the appointment makes the buyer less likely to call another broker if they set an appointment with you to meet with you. Well, if you're trying to meet with me and two or three other real estate agents, we're done. I'm not going to talk to you any further. I'll say, there's a the door. Merry Christmas. Have a great time. Previewing can be accomplished by visiting the property, browsing photos on the internet, preventing embarrassing moments, avoiding embarrassments. Again, like I said, I don't waste my time previewing something that they may like or don't like. And I can give, and again, I'm going to do this in a separate podcast uh, about previewing and not previewing. I don't preview. I want to see it when they see it. You know, yeah, you can go online and see some pictures and pictures are deceitful sometimes. Uh, And it says previewing helps avoid embarrassment. Embarrassment about what? If the place is a dump or crappy on the inside, I want to see it too. I'm not going to, you know, some people can overlook the, the debris, the dirt the grime inside of a house and be perfectly happy with it. Planning a route. I don't plan routes. Yes, I do. I, I'd lay it out so that we're not wasting our time. Maximum five houses. I've done 30 in a day. Don't show it random. Uh, we've gone through neighborhoods where the MLS didn't have it. It might've been a for sale by owner. I'll pull up on it. Probably the best house should be shown early. I don't know what the best house is. How you deter- How do you determine what the best house is? Again, I can't read into your mind if you're the buyer. Ask the seller to vacate. I, I won't do that unless they, they're willing to do that. And the route to the home is important. I don't know what the hell that means either. Uh, that one I don't understand. The route to the home is important. Look, anything you do to shortcut and or be deceitful will come out in the end. So don't do it. Curb appeal. Absolutely. Like I said earlier, if you pull up on that thing, that house, and you look at it, it looks, wow, great. But then you kind of glance up and you see power lines. Granted, back in the 90s, it was an issue, a big issue. There were many a time where I'd pull up on house and go, oh, look, power lines. And the client saw it and go, eh, we're not crazy. Let's move on. And we move on. So, again, they say here the buyer should enter through the door first. Yeah, if there's no critters barking on the other side, I'll let them go in first. But again, you know, it, Whatever works for you. It says, many objectives can be turned into an immediate selling point. Uh, if they object to something, it means something to them. I'm not going to turn it into a selling point. I am not a salesperson. I've never been a salesperson. I've always been a service person. And if you bring an objective up, we're going to analyze why you see it and see if I see it. If you can't answer the objective, agree and go on to the next. No. I'm going to get an answer one way or another. If they pose a question, I'm going to try to get an answer. And if I can give them a legitimate answer, I will give it to the best of my abilities. So that's the long and the short of it. Uh, Part of it was school stuff. The rest of it has to do with what I do as an exclusive buyer's agent who's a pure, true fiduciary in real estate. That will be a complete new separate podcast for those of you who want to listen to it at some time in the future. In the meantime... We're going to be moving on to the next chapter, and I hope you enjoy chapter nine, which is coming up shortly. 
Hi, this is Cousin Vinny. Our sponsor, FloridaRealEstateUniversity.com, meets state-mandated Florida real estate education, offering pre-licensed, post-licensing, and continuing education courses so you can learn it from the comfort of your home or on the road. Visit our sponsor, FloridaRealEstateUniversity.com. Please take time to visit our sponsors at CousinVinnyNetwork.com. Without them, this network would not be possible. That's C-U-Z-I-N-V-I-N-N-I-E Network.com.